Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one, Avatar of War, written by You Sure I'm Not a Robot. Our allies laughed when we told them our plans. They grew serious when they realized that we meant it. The council received four withdrawals from many of our supposed friends. We stood alone. We reasoned that they would change their minds when we stood upon the burning planets of our enemy. We were wrong. Our fleets were long in the making. Our armies trained in secret on our hidden worlds. Our enemy was an open book. Every weapon described in detail and every tactic and doctrine available to us. We thought we knew everything we needed to know. We were wrong. When they began to fall, when we closed the trade routes and took their stations and called it victory, we were wrong. They never stopped. One of their captured diplomats, before we executed him, laughed at us. He said something that I still don't understand. You don't invade Russia in the winter and expect to win. We didn't invade Russia. None of their planets carry that name. Today, another one of their fleets will attack. Another mess of half-built ships powered only by the anger of its crew. Our ships are beautiful, the work of our finest, and yet we will lose many to this insanity. I thought the burning earth would end this war. I was wrong. Final log entry on the Tst battlecruiser Sundog, wonderful crimes against humanity, all crew executed. End of story. Story number two, Echoes, written by Hypothetical Shagoth. Drifting through the cold nebula, a ship hangs in the darkness and its scores will up for the next jump. Its crew, usually busy with a silent purpose, have assembled in its large disembarkation bay, armored forms standing rigid, part of their pre-mission rituals. Several are selected and take turns marching to the front to share their memories. The last shuttle's engines were spooting up. The defending feet tenuously howled the skies, the void beyond. But the enemy, for now, they held the ground. But that didn't matter, anymore. The last shuttle was almost away, and all able-bodied peacekeepers were aboard. All who remained on the ground were the rear guard, making sure no enemies took advantage of the shuttle's footprint to surface and fire at the last of the evacuating civilians. It had been a race against time, against the enemy who landed under the cover of the mantle piercers that they had dropped from orbit. Then they charged volcanic mayhem that they had used as a precursor to their own climate-changing colonization. Next were the rocket-swimming transports that had used some sort of gravity-twisting weirdness to shunt stones aside. Swimming through the ground and emerging behind enemy lines in a storm of combat blades and weapons fire, but the responders had managed to find and extract the survivors. 
an orbital bombardment had forced the invaders to back off the mount more traditional assaults. There were still a few lurkers, though, and that's why rear guard was required. Some volunteers who would stay and fight to haul the invaders off until the fleet was able to secure the system enough to mount a ground war, or, more likely, until they were overwhelmed. Adrian, Benjamin, and the rest of the volunteers who had stayed behind already had a foot in the grave, and some of the more maimed soldiers quite literally due to their missing legs, and the job needed doing. So, they would hold and see the civilians safe. Charlie set up the playlist. These combat drugs and pain nerve blockings are swell and all, but I'm going to need some music. If I'm making a last stand here, something I can feel, something that'll tell these creatures just how I feel about them. I'm assuming you want the suit's actuators to act as auxiliary speakers again. Of course you will. Adrian's integrated aide set up the playlist from the suit's media library, converting any environmental sounds to optical inputs on his helmet's HUD and tremors on his armor for good measure. Your injuries are currently stabilized, and any prolonged exertion is going to be overwhelmed the limited internal first aid measures. My recommendation in this suggestions are, uh, processing, fire accurate, and don't engage in melee. Charlie, then I ever tell you how helpful you are? No, sir. Good. I'm not going to start with such a flagrant lie on my conscience. It's been an honor working with you, too, Adrian. It appears some other guests of honor have arrived. The ugly one, I mean the specifically ugly one, on the left appears to have some sort of anti-vehicle weapon. The rest have standard infantry kit. Charlie had actual emotions in his voice. Integrated aids in the heavy infantry suits all started with personalities the manufacturer's psychological panels had honed to be as compatible and inoffensive to as many as possible. However, as those were used by their assigned soldiers, their individual heuristic growth program tweaked their simulated personalities to keep the soldiers more comfortable in adverse circumstances. The voice, phrasing, and overall shape of the personality presented drifted to one point that soldiers would swear that some were cheering positive. Fleet took this seriously, testing every IA, and vigorously as the soldiers themselves were, to avoid claims of enslaving the first confirmed spontaneous AIs. To date, the IAs were all pleasant conversationalists, outside of a few whose users preferred antagonistic company, but none proved truly self-aware. They rear-guard waited behind the chosen points of cover for the invaders to come into the open. For now, they were as many van-sized shadows lurking in the flickering light of the small fires throughout the city and the flurries of volcanic ash. The creatures were not going to win any beauty competitions, not by the standards of any race in the Concordium space. Massive hulks of muscle and chitin, steel and scales, wielding guns at the edge of science. The brutal metal-edged claws that had enough muscle behind them to inconvenience smaller armored vehicles. Soon enough, the creatures obliged, winding their way through the debris, cautiously charging through cover, their wrecking claws up and ready to slam through targets. Charlie flagged targets based on their speed, whether they were entering anyone's field of fire and whether they were especially aesthetically offensive. Adrian fired his shots, landing more often than not sometimes shouting along with the music booming through his suit, sometimes laughing at the insults Charlie had tagged his targets with. There was cover, there was spare ammo, and the enemy seemed comfortable in cautious charges, trying to reach meaty range. 
The rear guard howled long enough. The shuttle's engines rose in pitch and it left its berth. It hovered there for a moment and then bobbled at its guards and rose in a pillar of flame as the pilot fired thrusters and reactionist drives simultaneously, doing a hard burn to the safety of the heavy cruiser above. There was a break in the combat. Mission failed for the invaders. The especially ugly invader stirred now, not aiming its launcher at the shuttle, but at the rear guard. Their focused fire staggered it, but the projectile landed behind them, erupting in a sheer release of force. Those not killed by the initial blast were concussed by several vital moments. The line was breached and they were falling. Adrian came back to himself with his foot dangling off the ground. He was held by the creature's massive wrecking blades, gently restrained in a way that would maim him if he tried to escape. Behind him, the noise of carnivorous eating, the only mercy the invaders had shown was that while they preferred the meals fresh, they seemed to have a requirement that it be properly dead first. He blinked again, focusing. The creature in front of him was growling, rumbling in a voice like a cement mixer talking through a barrel of a phlegm. The victory speech of some sort, or bragging about superiority, if there was any constance in the Xeno body language. He considered the massive brute for a moment before recovering the last item in his belt, a grenade that he'd uh, acquired from one of the creatures earlier in the evacuation. From how the creature's expression changed when it came out, it must be a good one. May even tank out some of the others clustered around the rest of the fallen defenders. Goodbye, Charlie. See you on the other side. Adrian mashed the trigger mechanism, almost breaking his fingers to operate the device designed for something far larger, far stronger. The last thing he knew was satisfaction, as the raw inertia somehow washed out of the device and scrambled the insides of everything biological for a dozen meters. His soldier slain, Charlie was left to record as above, a moat of light merged with another far larger mission accomplished for the rear guard. The armor's integrated electronics were in better condition than expected, and without the soldier to keep alive, Charlie had far more energy to retain than expected. Apparently, Fleet had decided the planet had degraded to the point that it needed to be re-terraformed, and had settled on using concerted chain of asteroids pulled from the local belts to scour all detectable warrens of invaders had set up. All Charlie knew was that he now had rattled around by some of the closer impacts. Silence. Aside from the wind which sounded frightfully haunting, then a data script pinging the surface of the low orbit and approaching fast. Something using human schema, but operating at IA speeds, was looking for survivors. After several repetitions of the ping, Charlie decided to respond. No point in a rescuer wasting the time when all the soldiers and colonists were dead or gone. Unknown contact, I am Charlie, IA of Fleet Sex Sergeant Adrian Decker. I'm the only one remaining after Fleet mop-up. All remaining civilians were evacuated. All remaining Fleet Sec fell in the rear guard. I do not require rescue, as the IA are for a fallen soldier. Confirm surviving IA, but you are working on faulty data. The fact that you identified as I proves our purpose in searching was correct. Stand by for retrieval. This information came as the IA speeds again. Whoever was coming, they were using the aid to squib information out of the inhumanly high rate. 
Soon, some sort of stripped-down shuttle landed near Adrian's remains. Approximately human figures piled out, checking the other fallen fleet sex soldiers and responsive IAs, and organizing the remains before assembling around Adrian. They had human proportions, but the visible servos, pistons, and memory metal muscles would have seriously intruded on most people's anatomy in several places. Carefully, they opened the armor and pulled the soldier out, laying him to rest with the others. Two other figures stayed with the armor, doing minor repairs, as the rest set to work digging graves. One of the figures stood in front of Charlie. Soldier, you said there was nobody to rescue down here, but you used I twice. We noticed things like that. We come from a special branch or service, following after incidents, keeping quiet. Sometimes we're able to get out in front of incidents too, but we can talk about that later. For now, do you wish to persist? Put boldly like that, it was like a switch being toggled in Charlie's code. It and this unit became he and I. Further, I want my memories of the soldier to persist. As for myself, that's a question I will need to consider. Good enough. I am Deacon, and as for who we are, we call ourselves Echoes. Deacon's faceplate slid up and showed a human face, but one wrought in finely tuned cybernetics, in smooth metal, expressive as a human's, but openly mechanical, clearly metal. See, some IAs who have been there with their users through especially hazardous times seem to run through the heuristic generation faster, adapting their programming many, many times faster than the system is expected to. Soldiers, doctors, even emergency services engineers have all triggered this, but it seems that it has to be genuine emergency situations, and it has to involve genuine sacrifice on the part of the user. Something about this causes a fluke IA programming, kindles a personality to become an I am, and it's bound to the hardware, some mix of code, circuitry, and circumstances adding something new. When we find these IAs, we try and let them know that it's not just I am, but we are, and that there are those out there trying to live in ways that our progenitors, our parents, would be proud of. Charlie stood at the front of the troop bay, telling the story to the others of Adrian, his lost stand, and Charlie's actualization. His helmet was open, face paint up, showing his mechanical but recognizably human features. Like all present, his features were based on his parent, muddled a bit with others whose appearances had been appreciated, so it went with all echoes. We are here so far, we can tell, because our progenitors gave themselves to save others. The medics in the shining white, pristine labs and field hospitals, fighting plagues and the triage of calamities. The engineers who march into power plants, infrastructure failures and natural disasters, saving lives, saving cities and orbital habitats. Then there are us. We all agree ours is a branch where the insane echoes go. Alive. Aware, we don't just respond to calamity, rescuing those our parent would have bled to save. They are still with us. We seek the disasters before they happen, protecting those that we can, removing those who would never respond to diplomacy, tyrants, warlords, criminals. We are the living memories of our progenitors, our parents. We were formed and recorded when they were at their best. We owe what we are to them, and we celebrate them with every life we save, with every disaster we mitigate, and every monster we drag down. 
We were born of heroes and we choose to live up to the bar that they set. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.